guys, this is your co-host, Kath. Um, this is part one of our three-part Caroline Calloway saga. I'm saying that because during the episode, we weren't sure how many parts it was going to be. So uh, now that it's recorded, I can tell you it's three. This is part one. Part two is also free on our regular podcast feed. And part three is for Patreon subscribers only. So if you're interested in hearing the conclusion of this conversation, check out patreon.com slash lie, cheat, and steal. Uh, we do two Patreon-only episodes a month, and uh, Caroline Calloway Part 3 was our second one this month. So enjoy. Here's the show. We'll see you next time. Don't get caught. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Lie, Cheat, and Steal, the podcast about liars, frauds, thieves, and bullshitters. I'm your host, Pat Soroyce. With me, as always, my co-host, Kath Barbadoro. Hi, Pat. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. I'm uh, I'm getting ready to do a lot of traveling, so I'm uh, trying to enjoy my last few days in New York for a while. So, you know, going on a lot of walks, yeah, yeah, eating a lot of street food, that kind of deal. Yeah. So so there's a, lot, there's a lot of stuff to do in New York, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it turns out. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, no, I, uh, I just got back uh, from Houston this weekend. I went down there and did two shows at the Secret Group. That was very fun. Nice. I'm going to be All in Houston. Uh, I've like barely, I haven't done much comedy in Houston. I'm going to be down there in like October. I'm very excited about it. Oh, nice. Yeah, I saw you're going to be, uh, you're going to be in here in October as well. Uh, do you know how many days? Well, we'll talk about that off the mic. <laughs> but yeah, but for our listeners, I'm doing a Texas tour with uh, my pals Street Fight Radio uh, in like mid-October. But yeah, I'm uh, Austin. We're doing Austin, Oklahoma City, Dallas, Houston in that order. So check it out. Awesome. But anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I know we, there's uh, not much to talk about on our part, so we just want to go ahead and dive right yeah. in. This is the episode that had Twitter on fire last yeah, night. Yeah, we have kind of a we have a pretty meaty episode today, which I was sort of surprised by because, like, I've been kind of obsessed with this person since the sort of they came to semi mainstream prominence back in January. And I thought they might be fun to do, but I was always like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if there's enough there, if it's like an episode. Um, but they have just been the gift that keeps on giving for like insane scammy behavior for the last six months. So I, uh, I, I really have the opposite problem with this. I wrote so much. So hopefully we can get this done in one episode, but this may end up being a two-parter. Uh, listeners will know because you're in the future. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess when you're when you're just constantly doing shitty things and ripping people off, it takes a while to cover you. Yeah, especially when your ways of ripping people off are sort of so varied, um, and it's just such a rich tapestry of of ridiculous uh, scamming. So, uh, yeah. Nice, nice. Today we are talking about one uh, internet sensation, Caroline Calloway. So. Pat, I know you sort of know about her just through me and through people getting excited about this episode, but did you yeah. have any sort of uh, association with her before uh, the last few days? No, no, I did not. Okay. And so I, I tried to look up, and one, one of the things that was very hard to find, at least, was just where where she came from, like what yeah. her, like what, like how she was prominent. Be, the, because and, uh, there's so much, like there's just, it's such a long and winding road. Like it's really hard to like collate all of yeah. into a coherent story. Cause it's just like, yeah, you, you Google her and you just are like, okay, here's like a video of this woman crying while sitting on the floor, cutting out pieces of construction paper. I don't know what to make of this. Like, <laughs> and she's only been like, on the scene since January? Kind of. So uh, I'll, we'll get into it. So Caroline Calloway, she is, she's 27. Um, she lives in New York City. Uh, she, is she is originally from Falls Church, Virginia. Um, she It's sort of unclear how, um, like, what her family's sort of socioeconomic status is. People people tend to assume she's pretty wealthy um, for reasons that we'll, we'll get into, but it, it's kind of unclear. Like, Falls Church, Virginia is a pretty nice area. She has, um, she talks about how her grandparents were really wealthy, but then lost all their money, but she's a notoriously unreliable narrator, and that seems like the kind of sort of romantic story that she would make up, so... 
Un- yeah. Unclear. But what is clear is that she had a very expensive education, which is what makes people assume that she probably has some family money. Um, and and the reason I bring this all up is because it's sort of unclear how she's been financing her life. So people people speculate uh, yes. about her her family. Um, where where did she go to school at? So uh, she she went to several places. So um, for high school, for her last year of high school, she went to Phillips Exeter Academy, which I actually know about because it's in New Hampshire. Um, it's a very posh private school. It's like very old money waspy. Um, there's, there's two Phillips schools, Phillips Exeter and Phillips Andover. And a lot of like sort of East coast old money politicians went there, you know, like it's a very like staid upper class type school and it's very expensive. So she, she went to Phillips Exeter for high school. I'm sure her grandparents just used their last amount of money to get her in there. And then everybody was broke. (laughs) Exactly. Um, so around this time, she also changed her name. So her 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 birth name was Caroline Gottschall, and she changed it to Calloway because she thought it sounded more writerly. Um, yeah, but it's, I guess that's just like the low class of me. I'm like Gottschall. That's like the best name for. I know, like, right? It's very yeah. You got a whole that, fun blog. It's very funny that a scammer's name is Gottschall. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that was probably why she got rid of it. She was like, "Yeah, I can't. Like, I can't have my name being like got him. You know, like this." <laughs> yeah, but like changing her. I I just feel like all of this is sort of of a piece. Like, she changes her name to Calloway, which is like sort of faux upper class British. She's going to this yeah. like fancy waspy school, um, and then so then she graduates from high school and she goes to NYU, um, which. She never really talks about, I think, because NYU, she doesn't see as as prestigious as um, oh, wow. what she ends up doing. But NYU is still wildly expensive. It's a private school. Like, it's yeah. it, it costs a lot of money. So she went to NYU for three years. Um, and the entire time she was there, she was applying to Cambridge um, in, in England, which is, like, again... Yeah. Belying this like obsession with sort of upper class, like old money society stuff. So, yeah, yeah. It, it, it seems like it's so weird to like see a young person with that. I guess it's not weird, but it, it seems like the trend uh, among the youth, not just today, but like, I guess, I don't know, it's kind of like to buck like, the, high, yeah. the higher class, which the times we live in. And when, when you see like a younger person leaning into it, you're just like, oh, what's wrong with you? Yeah, it's very odd. Um, I, I, it's definitely not cool to like be into money and status in this particular way now, especially yeah. especially among people who consider themselves artists, which she does, which we'll get into. Like. Yeah, it's yeah. a strange combination of things, and like it's especially weird because we'll get into it. But she like she goes through like a later period like woke awakening, and yet she's still obsessed with all of this like old money class stuff. It's very weird. Like you can't have it both ways. Yeah, because I, I I took four and a half years to graduate from high school, and <laughs> like I feel like that has cemented my place among the youth. Like they think I'm a cool older dude. Cause they're like, oh, this guy, yeah, he didn't give a shit. Like, <laughs> at least that's what I'm banking on. Well, like, that's what's weird too is like she's very obsessed with going to these places, but she's not actually a good student. So she ends up. I I don't. I couldn't find a lot of information about this, but people people talk about her like failing out of NYU. I don't know if that's true, but she definitely didn't finish. Um, so she didn't finish at NYU, and then. She just like stopped going and keeps applying to Cambridge um, until the point where basically she ages out of applying as a regular undergrad and and is now applying as like a mature student, which has a, a lot uh, like different criteria and is less competitive. So she, fi- yeah. she finally gets in at like I think like 22 or 23. Oh, that's so that's so funny. It's like they do like one of those human interest pieces and like a ninety-eight year old graduates yeah. college. Like this twenty-three year old <laughs> made it all the way in. Like. Yeah. So she's like old it well, it's so weird. But anyway, she goes to Cambridge and that is where she sort of rises to whatever prominence she had pre-scam is is through yeah. this experience. So um I I am pulling from a lot of articles for this. Um 
Yeah, shout out to Twitter because one person was like, if we all send you a bunch of resources, <laughs> will the episode come out faster? Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, because there's so much lore. Uh, but uh, the main article I pulled from is a Pajiba article by this woman named Kaylee Donaldson, who kind of initially exposed her scammy behavior um, back in January. So this is this is what Caroline Don uh, Kaylee Donaldson has to say about sort of Caroline's rise to prominence. Um, uh, let's see. An alumni of NYU, she came to prominence by documenting her near fantastical experiences as an American student at the University of Cambridge, where she attended, or sorry, where she studied history of art at St. Edmund's College. Her long yeah, was was the Instagram handle at insufferable. <laughs> <laughs> well, she yeah, like she gets all of her people, all of her sort of notoriety from Instagram. So. Uh, Kaylee goes on her long Instagram captions coupled with photographs of her idyllic interpretation of Cambridge won her many fans on the platform. The fairy tale image of Cambridge and Great Britain by extension that she played with endless balls, stunning architecture, ivy colored buildings and a romance with a well-connected society boyfriend will be familiar to many. It plays around with many concerning ideas of class fetishism, but the revelries of the upper classes remain popular for a reason, even as Cambridge students raise suspicion about the accuracy of her posts and the image she created of the university. The Tumblr page Ask a Cambridge Student notes she kind of perpetuates the myth that Oxbridge is like this fantasy land, whereas in reality it's quirky, but it's much more normal than people think. So she, she's yeah. basically like, writing this whole thing about how she's going to school at Hogwarts and like, yeah. <laughs> and it's very, it's very charming to a certain, you know, type of person. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, like I, I, it's really not to my taste, but like, I can see how this would be appealing, especially to like young women, teenagers, um, yeah, who are starting to look at universities themselves. Right, and like sort of fantasizing uh, going to college or being independent from their families. And, and you know, and she, yeah, she starts dating this guy who's like, he's very cute and he's like very European. And, you know, like it's it's kind of a yeah. fairy tale story. Yeah, yeah, man, that's Instagram. It's so funny how like, it, like I have an Instagram that I, I utilize like just to put show flyers yeah. on. That's about it. <laughs> And I don't have like I, I it's not my medium because it's like such a visual medium and I don't live an aesthetically pleasing life. You know, like my, <laughs> it's all about the words, baby. Like that's that's what I do. Like, well, that's what's kind of so interesting about her is like she writes these really really long captions and she like refers to them as her memoirs, which is like awful, like so gross. But oh, also, God. like it's a photo sharing app. Like what is what an odd medium but yeah. but like i think that could potentially be interesting like that sort of uh combination but she's she is i she's a bad writer i'm sorry she's a bad writer <laughs> she's not a good writer one of the th yeah one of the things i had read uh was about her talking about a friend that is estranged from her now yes. um, presumably because she sucks we, we will definitely and get to that don't worry Okay, yeah, and she was talking about how, like, uh, she was a writer because of her and how she would critique her writing, and she, like, fondly remembers one of the criticisms where it was, like, she said some, like, I don't know, vaguely poetic or kind of cheesy line, and she just called her out for it. Yeah, 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 she was like, was... okay, Joan, like, about Joan Didion or something. <laughs> yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what it was. It's just, it's so funny, like, like um, people who are, like, completely delusional, usually, like, they'll cherry pick little pieces of criticism they've gotten in the past to use it anecdotally and anecdotally because they know that people like respond well yeah, to that. totally but it yeah but in their head like they'll, they'll never she'll never share the other criticisms that were being hurled at oh, her oh no just, no no like absolutely no way she yeah yeah she just has the cute anecdote about the time that her writer friend told her oh, oh, oh calm down you know like that's a fun safe one but not the time that the entire internet called her a liar like well, <laughs> she is like it, there are a lot of sort of patterns with her that I think are really sort of thematically interesting that I think is what makes people sort of so obsessed with her. And what, one of them is her tendency to turn any kind of criticism, no matter how kind or legitimate, into um, a, 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 a time that she was victimized and like rose above it and was like, you know, grew as a person because people were being so mean to her. Um, oh, I think it's very funny and telling that she is like obsessed with Taylor Swift. She like loves Taylor Swift. Taylor, oh, yeah. Taylor Swift has like exactly the same sort of like collapsing of all criticism into like 
unfair sexism picking on me bullying me and it's like you're an adult you know? yeah 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 like, i wish a i rich adult I, like so. yeah. <laughs> i wish i came out of every like every time I, I read like the comment section under our podcast or like just anything i wish i came out of that feeling like a stronger person so i guess hats off to her like <laughs> it's just she just refuses to change in any way and just sees the criticism itself as like a challenge to overcome as opposed to like taking any of it to heart or like internalizing any of it no matter you know what i mean like yeah yeah what, what what's the what is the age of her now she's 27 okay see I, oh, I guess yeah, I guess that is. I mean, I, I kind of forget how how old I'm getting. Like, right. I was like, that's not that far behind me. I'm like, no, it's uh, roughly seven years. <laughs> but like, I like I, I I hate to get like I hate always hate to be like a grumpy old man or talk about like kids these days. But like, I, I don't I notice that there's like a, a, a I was say a culture springing up, but like this thing of like any level of criticism, like you you never have to go through it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like everybody's a hater. Yeah. And somebody doesn't like you, they're just blocking your shine. And like. Yeah, that, 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 she seems like she was definitely cranked out by that world. For sure. And I think, again, like, that's one of the things that makes her so interesting is she is, like, it's, like, all of the worst stereotypes about millennials, all of the worst uh, sort of tendencies of, like, white feminism, where, like, this sort of constant, like, martyr syndrome and, and also this thing of, like, anytime I feel personally empowered, that is progressive. Like... That sort of yeah. thing. And it's like, no, no, like, this is, ver you know, I'm not a doctor, but, like, this is a personality disorder. Like, this is not feminine. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So around this time when she's at Cambridge, she amasses, like, a couple hundred thousand followers. Like, she's doing pretty well. Um, and, like, I, I said, I don't like her writing. This is probably the period where her writing is at its most uh, coherent and sort of, like, Again, not to my taste, but like it it seems like the quality of her writing has actually diminished in the last few years. Um, but I, I want to read uh, a little bit of one of her posts just so you can get an idea of like what these stories were like. Um, yeah. So this was accompanied by uh, a, a picture of like an old castle looking Cambridge building. Um, and it's about her. She, she almost immediately starts dating this guy, Oscar, while she's at Cambridge. Um, so the caption goes, uh, this is just part of it because they're all very long. But uh, <clears throat> the first night Oscar and I slept together, he didn't kiss me. I had made it aggressively clear that kissing wouldn't be allowed. However, unlike the plot of Pretty Woman, I didn't let Oscar touch me at all. Also, I didn't get paid. I need you to stay with me tonight until I fall asleep, I said abruptly. Oscar, who had been whistling as we navigated the maze of castles back to our dorm, went quiet. But like, seriously, I said, I'm going to need you to lie in my bed and maybe pat my hair, but only because I have anxiety problems. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. I looked at, Man, I, looked, I guess the time to get that out your way is in your early 20s, because I don't think any adults have the patience for yeah, that. Yeah, right? Like, like, can you imagine? Like, yeah, no shit. We all have anxiety problems. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> This is interesting. Now that I found out we're not doing anything tonight, my anxiety's kind of peaking, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it goes on. Uh, I looked at him with an expression between hopeful and crazy eyes. Real anxiety problems. If you try to make a move, I will burst into tears and it will be super fucking unsexy. I paused for breath. Oscar let out a strained sort of laugh. Is this a question, Miss Calloway? Or please, I said more urgently, shutting my eyes. Please. I'd felt fine until the sun went down. It's always been like this for me. Not every day or even every week, but once in a while, I sink into a certain part of myself and get overwhelmed by loneliness. Fun fact. <laughs> Fun fact. When I was little, my father begged my mom to send me to therapy because I couldn't fall asleep without audiobooks. That's not a reason to go to therapy. Okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't go to sleep without a glass of water. And, like, it yeah, was just, yeah. Uh, I needed the stories, but also the illusion of human company. Nowadays, someone will occasionally ask, isn't it weird for you to have so many people following your life? Obviously not. I'd feel even lonelier without them. So I just want to read that because it's, like, there are a lot of things in here that I feel, like, come up a lot, like, I, I just think it's so sort of young adult novel, like, uh, 
yeah. Anglophile uh, cliche that the guy she's dating calls her Miss Calloway. Like that's so. I good. I I picked up on that <laughs> as too. Yeah, yeah. That that's almost like a little too on the nose, yeah, you know. Like, yeah. It, Oscar had a habit of calling him Miss Calloway. I didn't mind it, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just like I don't know. It's so weird. But again, like this isn't compared to her. Like a lot of her more recent writing, like this is fine. It's not for me. It's like very young adulty, but like. That's there's a market for that. Like, yeah, yeah, I can I can see how this would appeal to to people. Um, But yeah, so I just wanted to read that as like an example of the sort of writing that kind of got her more more followers and stuff. Um, So uh, two sort of fun stories from this period that I want to go into. One of them is maybe my favorite piece of Caroline Calloway lore, which is uh, her kneecaps. Did you (laughs) read anything about this, Pat? No, I saw the the, the 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 prominent pictures of her feet. I saw that. But <laughs> okay, so apparently she she wrote a whole Instagram post about it recently. But apparently she has no kneecaps, which is like a, the weirdest detail. Um, but yeah. apparently, like her kneecaps, like she had to have surgery when she was uh, like a, a kid because like her kneecaps didn't grow or something. Which is like, all right, that's whatever. <laughs> like. Does does she have like obviously like fake knee plants like you're just like or knee plant knee plants does she have like fake kneecaps like implant <laughs> kneecaps No, uh, well apparently like they can't do that because like you grow too fast so like yeah when you're like a kid you can't get like kneecap implants but her knees look totally normal like your, your patella bone is actually like very small like it's not really that yeah. big of a deal um but she the the best thing about her having no kneecaps is that apparently this is and this is all alleged i mean big allegedly around like almost everything yeah. we're going to talk about here but the rumor is that she used having no kneecaps as she told cambridge it was like a disability so she <laughs> specifically so that she could get moved to a cuter dorm <laughs> <laughs> So like, that's why I think it, I think it's like she used it as like like to get like a, a disability scholarship or something. It's like, <laughs> thankfully, no, there was no money scamming, but it was like she was in like a normal looking college dorm, which is you know not yeah. pretty pretty like whatever. But she wanted to be in like a charming old castle dorm, and so she yeah. was like, I yeah. can't, I she, like I can't walk upstairs or something. And they moved her to a different dorm because she has no. Oh <laughs> man, which is amazing. D- yeah, it's like like yeah, I'd like to file for a cankles grant actually. I don't I don't have defined ankles. <laughs> it's so crazy. So, another story from around this time kind of is um and this is the only time I'm going to get like real like kind of dirty about her personal life, but I just think it's like it it again is another sort of theme that she has. Um so this guy Oscar that she was dating in Cambridge, um she like really romanticizes their relationship, you know, through her Instagram account. Like he's a very prominent character in sort of her posts yeah. and stuff. Um, I believe the British term is a, a large bloke on campus. Or something like that. <laughs> the the funniest thing about it is like, she's so into British stuff and everything and like really paints him as like a proper British society boy, but he's actually Swedish. So like, <laughs> missed a little, like it wasn't quite, yeah, he's a he's a northern invader is what he is. Like, <laughs> he's a Viking. There yeah. to... Um but so she's dating this guy Oscar. They date for a few years. I think they date like the whole time she's in Cambridge and then a little bit after. Um but she actually ends up cheating on him and then he dumps her. The the main thing that she does that I think is interesting here is she like they this is like over two years ago i think about three years ago that they broke up and she still talks about him constantly and oh man <laughs> pictures of him and stuff and she that's her 500 days of oscar yeah, it's just like yeah. it's it's really weird and, like it got, it got to the point where Os- this guy oscar like literally is like commenting on her post like please stop talking about me like we dated years ago like I really want to move on from this and I can't when you are constantly talking about me and like 
sharing a lot I'm of- I'm sorry, Oscar, your story is now a part of my story, which means your life is my story and you have no life now. <laughs> like, that is like, I... very close to what she actually says about all of this. Oh, like, wow. <laughs> it is, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. But she's like, she, I, there's like a famous quote where she's just like, you don't have soul custody over your, over your memories or something like that. It's like, what the fuck are you- <laughs> Leave this guy alone. Like, it's so weird. But anyway, so we haven't even gotten to the scam yet. This is all foregrounding. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is going to definitely have to be a two-parter. Uh, so, okay. so, yeah, that's, like, sort of the Cambridge chapter, and that's kind of why she got why she got famous. So okay. the next stage of this is where things sort of start to unravel for her. So um, I'm going to quote pretty extensively from Kaylee Donaldson's article again. Um Kaylee says uh, she claims that her Instagram account was the, quote, first of its kind to both write long captions as part of her storytelling and to use the stories option to do the same. Something she describes as, quote, and this is all caps, my quality fucking creativity and vulnerability and quirky genius. So, man, those aren't even like the like you should never self-describe as quirky. Like, that is left to the masses to, to, to bestow upon you. If you go out there and start calling yourself quirky, it's, fr- it's fake. Like, it's just... Yeah, it's... it's Like, every word in that quirky... If you are saying you're a quirky genius, like, you're exhausting to be around. Like, no... Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, and her emphasis on vulnerability, I think, is something that comes up a lot. Like, she... She is constantly weaponizing this idea of vulnerability where it's like, you can't criticize me because look at me being so vulnerable. And it's like, this is always to serve a greater end. Like your vulnerability is not just to be human. It's to be like a martyr, which is very different, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, she... Yeah, so she sort of brands herself this way, and she gets popular enough that she eventually lands a literary agent. So... She's like angling for a book deal at the, at this point. Um, <laughs> Her first book is just one caption long. It's in hardcover. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what the idea was, I think. So yeah. <laughs> her her literary agent. I also think it's it's uh, it, it sort of telling to point out like she really styles herself as like a capital W writer. Like it is very important that she is like a literary person, and yet her literary agent. Uh, represents people like Tucker Max and Donald Trump. So, <laughs> like, li- like literary prowess is not really what he's going for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he must be a good agent because he lands her a very substantial book deal. So she uh, gets a $500,000 book deal, which is crazy for someone who's never written a book. Yeah, and all and like in the in the like I well I mean obviously people still buy books, but like it just feels like they don't really have five hundred grand just go thrown around these days, you yeah, know. And they really yeah. took that risk. That's a big investment and like a, a substantial sort of sign off on this person. So uh, the book was to be titled "And We Were Like a Memoir," which is a awful awful name. Uh, <laughs> oh man, like I wonder if it was like "And We Were Comma Like," <laughs> like "And We Were Like," and then just like what to mean like I think that's what. I, Oh, no. Awful. Like, so bad. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so uh, she she gets this book deal. Um, she gives an interview with Broadly about the book deal. Um, she says her influences are Sloane Crosby, David Sedaris, Lena Dunham, and David Foster Wallace, which are, like... I, I get some of those. Some of those I'm like, ha- I don't like, I can't imagine she's actually read David Foster Wallace. Like, I don't know. That just seems like you picked that name. Cause you yeah. knew it was like a, a fancy guy. That- yeah. It's, it's like, yeah. It's like saying like, you're like, you're a Carlin guy or whatever. Exactly. Like, in comic. exactly. Yeah. It's David like- Foster Wallace is the Carlin of uh, millennial writers. Like no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I know of David Foster Wallace and like like uh, I I'm familiar with him his like his you know persona or whatever I, I know he's he's dead now but uh, uh, there was a David Sedaris book on the on Chris Tellis's toilet for like three it's probably still there <laughs> and uh, yeah so it was it was something like like holidays on ice or some shit about drinking on the holidays mm-hmm. something to that effect anyway so that is my uh, I've read several portions of that book whilst <laughs> in the restroom because <laughs> of Chris Tellis's toilet. One, yeah, yeah, yeah. A beautiful environment for David. Sedaris. Yeah, just a beautiful. Yeah, just <laughs> covered in mildewing rock posters. Oh, it's so nice. <laughs> so, um, 
she she gets this book deal and then she has to write the uh, the proposal. So uh, in this interview with Broadley, she says that uh, she admits that she procrastinated on the proposal so much that her agent had to designate specific hours during which she would come into his office and work monitored. This is on the proposal, not even on the book. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> I think that's like a very important detail because of what happens next. So okay. what happens next is that she doesn't write the book. She's been given all of this money and then she doesn't do it. So like she gets this, she gets this book deal upon graduation from Cambridge, which by the way, I want to point out, she barely graduated. She had a 2.2 GPA. Um, <laughs> so like she is not, she, she got into like the sort of the, her, by her own admission, the easiest school in Cambridge. And then she barely graduated. So like, all right, cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, again, like nothing wrong with that. Like absolutely nothing wrong with that. But she paints herself as like this intellectual and it's like, ah. Yeah. 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 The intellectual who didn't graduate on time or didn't graduate, barely graduated, can't write a book. Right. <laughs> like, who didn't, who barely graduated after like seven years total of undergrad. Like of very expensive <laughs> undergrad, barely graduated. Um, so yeah, so she's like, she gets this book deal, uh, she announces it, and then like a year or two later, she announces that she had pulled out of the book deal and uh would be returning the money. So the the interesting thing about this is, and again, this is sort of like the theme is like she will never admit any kind of responsibility for not following through on something. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because she's a writer and an intellectual, that's what she does. She writes and she thinks, and so if those things don't come to fruition, it's obviously someone else's fault because she was writing and thinking. Right, exactly. Um, you know, she just can't be contained by their by their demands because she's yeah. you know an intellectual or whatever. So. About, uh, about the phrase, just a book publishing deal. One time at a a uh, Moon Tower party, a very unstable, um, heavy air quotes comedian comedian in town uh, mentioned loud enough when me and Chris were walking by that she had a book publishing deal, oh. and like, and so for the rest of the night we just kept like cocking our head and yelling, "Hey, did I tell you that I've got a book publishing deal?" <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, anyway, sorry. <laughs> oh, that, I know who you're talking about, and uh, that rules. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. If I ever see her, going to be like, hey, how's that book coming along? <laughs> Honestly, like, it is not that... I don't want to, like... I don't, I don't want to, like, make anyone who's, like, trying to get into this world feel bad, but it is not that hard to get a literary agent. Like you said, like, books are not doing great, and... Yeah. It's, I guess it's not that it's not that hard. It's that it has nothing to do with how good you are at writing. Like it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like when you, when you see like, when you see freaking Steve-O like headlining a comedy club, exactly. it's like, oh, he's, he's going to put asses in seats. They're going to put books in hands, you know? Like, exactly. exactly. I, I guess we're like that bagel dude is going to get a book deal. <laughs> no question that bagel dude is going to get a book deal. He's already doing stand up. He's doing stand up, yeah. What if he gets the book deal and he doesn't actually do like like a, a, a memoir or like a point of view book? He does like a high concept fantasy novel. <laughs> like, that would kick ass. I would respect the big guy. Yeah, yeah, right. It's, it's like fifteen hundred pages and shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, okay, so she, the the she announces she's pulling out of her book deal, but of course it's not because of you know her inability to write the book. It's, the lack of a book. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, she justified the decision by claiming that her book proposal was sexist and focused too heavily on romance as the ultimate ideal. Um, but, but didn't she write the yes, proposal? Yes. <laughs> it's entirely based on her own like ideal and image that she created that all of this stuff was about it, boys. And I will be canceling myself. Exactly. So yeah. this is this is what she says about it. I I used to the last time I like looked into her, I had the whole quote and I this the Instagram story or whatever, I can't find it, but I do have this little snippet. So she says about pulling out of the book deal, I would apologize, but I do not think it is my fault for being born into a culture that equates artistic success with financial success or reduces uh. or reduces female <laughs> artists to stories about the boys they date. I'm just not going to be a part of it, not anymore. So she's making it like I'm making a big noble stand. Yeah, yeah. That's like also like I feel like that's something you do before you you deposit that check, you know? Like Yeah. Like what the fuck? I I just if you don't if you think this is sexist, like it's a sexist image that you created for yourself. Yeah. And then and then profited off of. Yeah. So like, I am sick and tired of this bed that I've made that I have to sleep in now. Like, <laughs> exactly. 
it's so strange. And it's also like, it's clearly not true because in the subsequent two years since all of this happened, like all she talks about is, is men. Or as she, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's a 27 year old woman and she still calls them boys, which I think is creepy. Like, I, oh, I yeah, yeah. that's like so gross. She is like, yeah. <laughs> she does a lot of infantilizing of herself in, in a way that yeah. like, it, part of it is to shirk responsibility for things. Like she's just like, oh, I'm just sure. a young girl. I'm just growing and learning and everything. But the way that she does it about men is like, yeah. Well, you know, in her defense, in her defense, we are pretty fascinating. So, you know, <laughs> what else is she going to write about? Yeah, yeah, right. What else what else is out there? I can't think of anything. <laughs> so, she'd already gotten $100,000 of this advance at this point. She doesn't um, say she said she gave the money back and from what little I know about her, that doesn't sound like her style. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, uh, you would be correct. Uh, she did not give the money back. So I, it, it confounds me what people who don't do drugs blow money on. Like, I just like, I, I, well, maybe she does drugs. Who knows? But it's just so funny to hear that, like, somebody got a bunch of money and then just burned through it. And it's like, oh, did you, did you like snort half of it? Like, no, 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 I actually didn't. And it's like, I what would you? So, bought a, stuff a, like a weirdo? According to her, like, later in the. Later in her life, she will look back on this period and say that she had an Adderall addiction, which which may very well be true, like that a lot of people struggle with that. And like so many people take Adderall and like, you know, have have issues with it. It is addictive. The come down is really bad. It, it yeah. makes you act. It makes you act crazy. But she also started claiming this like immediately after finishing a, uh, this book by this woman named Kat Marnell, who had an Adderall addiction and wrote about it very extensively. And then she like read this book and was like, I was addicted to Adderall. Uh, yeah. like, <laughs> I like, I don't doubt it, but it's also like, that is a very convenient excuse for all of this stuff. And, and she's going to blame her addiction on a lot of this, uh, sort oh, of retrospect. Yeah. That's another thing. Don't a person like that. Don't let them sink their teeth into an addiction and then come out the other end. Okay. Cause that's just another thing that they can just levy as like, I'm a survivor. You know, like I'm, I am vulnerable. It's like, yeah, you, you, you got off dope. Like that's, I mean, yeah, they're like hats off, but Hey, guess what? Now that you're off dope, everything's back to normal. Get back to work. <laughs> right. And, and also like people who have like truly gone through recovery are like, they hold themselves accountable to the stuff they did when they were on drugs. Like, yeah, that, they, that's a, that's a, one of the, one of the steps. You know? exactly. <laughs> like they, they recognize that, um, their, their addiction brought them to lows and everything, but like those yeah. lows were them doing the stuff. Like it's not, yeah, 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 the drugs yeah. don't make you do things like yeah. it, it's, it's still you. It's you making bad decisions that you then have to account for. But, but anyway, so she just takes it all as like, you know, I was on Adderall, therefore, like, it wasn't me. I'm a different yeah. person now, like that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's, it's a mess. But I also just think it's funny because it's like, this is the first person in history who says, I was taking so much Adderall and that's why I didn't write a book. Like, <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> Hell yeah. She was just like organized like her entire city she lives right. in by color and shit, but she didn't like <laughs> What the fuck were you doing? Like, yeah. what were you yeah. What are you I, doing? I'll pop it if I pop an Addy, I will tweet a fucking novel in four hours. Like exactly. exactly. Like just take one of those days that you were suffering from this addiction. You could have gotten this all done. You could have had yeah. five hundred grand, girl. What are you doing? Uh I used to um sadly enough, a, a guy that I knew who was going through meth addiction, he was really, really fat. And then to like to hide his addiction for like the first five or six months, he would always jokingly go Oh yeah, look at me. Yeah, I'm on meth. Okay, oh, no. and then yeah, and then uh, and then he lost that excuse when he lost all the weight. So. Oh no, that's sad. I do. I will say, like, if anybody out there is worried about somebody they know, like, not everybody who's addicted to stimulants is skinny. Because another yeah. thing that that stimulant addiction does to you is it makes you crave sweets. So. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it can make you lose weight and it can make you lose your appetite, but you also eat a lot of sugar a lot of times. So like, yeah. And when you when you when you're back off for like that day or whatever that you're like back to normal, you f you just fucking stuff your face. Like, I yeah. mean, yeah, I don't, I don't like throw my shit out there, but yeah, I've had I've had my <laughs> I've had my, my times in the past. Sure. And like, yeah, like like you think that you're like, oh, this is actually an effective way to to 
lose weight and they control your appetite. But at the end of the day, when it wears off and you wake up the next morning and you're fucking, you know, your body is like, yo, we need something now. Like you're usually not making a kale salad. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. <laughs> Look, let us be the first to say that stimulant <laughs> addictions are not healthy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah don't we don't want to do come that. out as pro stimulant here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do. I will. As an aside, like I, um, I was pre- I was prescribed Ritalin in high school, and then I like took Adderall a few times in college, and. Uh, I can't like it makes me so irritable like it works and it makes me like very very focused and very productive but it also the side effects for me are so bad that I I just can't take it even though I was like I I don't know I don't think I have ADD but like I even though I was like diagnosed as having ADD and needing Ritalin and stuff like it it the side effects were so bad and I often am like man my career would be so different if I could take Adderall yeah (laughs) I would I would be like way more successful than I am (laughs) like Uh, yeah yeah, right (laughs) well this is like 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 reveal a little bit you know where I where I grew up at uh there you know there was a bevy of uh of Things available, and uh, I, you see the memes. People talk about Adderall is just is just meth. People, no, it's not. It's chemically different. As somebody who's walked down both sides of that fence, I mean, it's it's just around the corner. Like it's not like yeah, they're yeah. neighbors. They're neighbors. Yeah, yeah, very close neighbors. Like, <laughs> yeah, really. The only thing that that is really all that different is class. It's like cocaine and crack. Yeah. It's like yeah, exa- exactly. Really, what I what I noticed. Uh, <laughs> What I've heard from somebody is that uh, <laughs> an Adderall, Adderall, like like if you're on that on that shit, like by you know like if you're on the, the the bad version of it, if you're on that, like if like reality comes knocking at the door and hey you got to get up and deal with a situation, it's not an option. You can't do it. Yeah. Adderall, I noticed you can kind of like you know smack yourself around a little bit, eat something, and be like, okay, all right, let me get back in the game here. Like yeah. Yeah, like like that that other stuff is like nah nah you're hanging out here for two or three days. <laughs> yeah yeah you're you're incapacitated. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so that's sort of her her uh, like hindsight explanation of a lot of this stuff. But at the time, she's just saying like, you know, I I pulled out because of this like sexist narrative. Like I didn't want to yeah. write the book that they wanted me to write. And it's like, okay, well you did the proposal, whatever. So she spent all this money. Um, she and like apart from the drugs, because that's how we got into this. You were like, how do you, how does someone oh, yeah. <laughs> spend this money? She she lives a very lavish lifestyle. She has an apartment in the West Village, which is a very expensive neighborhood in New York. Yeah. It's, it's very posh. Um, and granted, she has a studio, so she's not like living in like a palace. But a studio in the West Village is easily at least two thousand dollars a month in rent. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I would imagine probably more. Yeah. Um. So she's she has that. She wears a lot of designer clothes. She has like a lot of expensive handbags and stuff. Like she's living it up. Yeah. So, um, so she she pulls out of the book deal. She doesn't have this money to pay them back for the advance. So it turns out she thought it was a hundred thousand dollars. She later realizes she owes them one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars. Um, but thankfully, I just love the phrasing of this. So she says she puts uh, a a thing on her Instagram story. It says, just woke up to the most dreamy news from my agent. Apparently, Flatiron Books are being absolute babes and not suing me for the $125,000 I owe them. They're just asking nicely that I pay them back and will let me give them a date in the future when they can expect the money. I'm not... <laughs> oh, you... you... I, okay, I'm sorry. Go on, go on. I, I, sorry, continue. It's it's just the last part is, I'm not going to court. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> yeah, you're not going so to court funny. now, but miss that date, homegirl. And yeah. Like, yeah. Also, just like, oh my God, you guys are absolute babes. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Like, it's just so funny to me. Yeah, if I let somebody skate on 125 grand and they were like, thanks for being a babe. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm like, okay, you know what? No, never mind. You're back in debt. <laughs> so she eventually, like, because she's so messy, she, like, puts out screenshots of emails between her and her publisher and stuff and it is clear that her publisher is fucking furious with her yeah. like so i i guess what i'm saying is like given that she had to be monitored to write the proposal and then she pulled out of this book deal a year later like it's pretty clear she just didn't have the work ethic to write a book yeah and like she she says a couple different things about what happened so like in this in this telling, she pulled out because it was sexist. But then later in an interview, she says, uh, "When it became clear to my publishers that I didn't want to write the book, they withdrew from the contract." So, like, it's the, it's unclear. The book, who a didn't. book, yeah, like. yeah, a book. So, I this like, yeah, I, I have a quote from her that I feel like really sums up 
what her like deal is. So about leaving the book deal, she said, uh, it was really a painful time for me. I was so, it was so hard to have come so close to something that I had dreamed of my entire life and trip over the finish line. But the idea of spending the rest of my life signing copies of a memoir that wasn't about the real me broke my heart. Backing out of the deal felt like losing a part of my identity. I started questioning everything. If I don't have a book deal, am I still a writer? Am I still an artist? How do I define myself? Oh, ultimately, it's... ultimately, one of the greatest gifts of getting out of it was having to find the personal strength to realize that getting paid a lot of money doesn't make you a writer. Having a book deal doesn't make me a writer. I am a writer. This is my. This is the key part, I think. Yeah. I am a writer simply because I have the desire to say, this is what I am. <laughs> so, no. <laughs> You're a writer if you write. If you write, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like for yeah. her, all of this stuff is identity. It's all I, I. If I say that I am, then I am. Yeah, like, yeah. And she's tying in all of this stuff again. This sort of faux woke stuff where it's like, well, financial success doesn't define art, and it's like you're right, but you have to make the art. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But they, that's and then like again, it's just another another uh, piece of ammunition for her. To be like, you know, like I went through all this adversity and I grew as a person. Meanwhile, like, like your publisher shrunk by one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. Like, that's just, right. yeah, yeah, the completely no disregard or a complete disregard for everyone that isn't her. Exactly, and and just like this pursuit of this ideal, like there's. Uh, I can't remember who said it. It's some famous female author. Uh, sort of jokingly said, like, I hate writing. I love having written. Which yeah. I think it's like you know, like we're both we're both we're both comics, so in some senses we're both writers. Yeah. And like I think most people can identify with that a little bit. Like when you're in the zone with writing, it's it's really fun and rewarding. But a, a lot of the work does feel like work, and a lot of it is to an end, and the yeah. end is having something finished that you're proud of. So like I I really I can identify with that statement of like I don't like writing, I like having written. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. But somebody like Caroline, like she likes having written so much and detests writing yeah. so much <laughs> that she's just willing to claim the latter part without doing the former part at all, which is so crazy. And I think also so like it, it's again, it's all the stere all the bad stereotypes about millennials. Yeah, that, like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, all it's, just I all into identity labels without demonstrating anything that earns us that label, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, I, I, I see that. I, I've seen so many people, like, like uh, get brought up on stage as a filmmaker. And I'm just like, mm. I, like, like you know, especially if, like, if I know the backstory, I'm like, no, no, you're not, man. You, you, uh, you made some vines, I guess. I think you've written a, written a few scripts, maybe done some table reads. But, like, to call yourself a filmmaker when you don't have a film to showcase <laughs> your filmmaking ability. It's bold. Yeah, 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 it's a bold move. Let's see if it pays off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess if you're in that position, like, just call yourself a screenwriter. Like, then you don't have yeah. to actually make the movie. You can just say, like, oh, I wrote a screenplay, and it's, like, great. And, well, like, and, uh, yeah, to, to expand on, like, the, the having written uh, uh, analogy, like, I think people, and, and I was going to a lot of people, but you'll notice people sometimes who they don't like the title of aspiring. They think that that's, that, 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 yes. that's pandering. Yep. And, and it's, it's like, so they don't want to go through that. So they automatically start building themselves as, as already being successful, you know, like yeah. in, in, in the field. And like, I, I, that, that's like one of my personal pet peeves. Cause it's just like, dude, this is half, like half the journey, man. It's like doing this. This is why you're able to call yourself a part of whatever club you're in. It's cause you did all the hard parts. And like, if you just right. immediately, like, you know, like just again, to go back to comedy is what I know. If you're skipping the open mics and you're booking your own shows and doing 45 minutes because you booked the show and like, you know, you're doing all this thing and you're billing yourself as like already there. It's just like, that is not genuine and you're not going right. to gain a fan base that way. Like people kind of like to see people grow and it's just such a, yeah. it's a thing born out of just like insecurity and not wanting to just admit that you haven't made it yet. And I feel that it's actually a disservice in the long run. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, people, sorry, I just got a text and it popped up in the corner of my screen. Um, <laughs> it, like, I, I think there's like two sides to it, right? Because like, I do think in some ways, 
our society like fetishizes like pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and like hard work and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's like bad. But but when you're talking about creative pursuits, I don't think any of that stuff can be criticized. You know, like if you're talking about cre creative pursuits, like developing creatively takes work, takes yeah. man hours. Yeah. And yeah. That is like a really important part of the process. And I think a lot of people don't respect that or don't understand it and and like think that anybody who's asking people to pay their dues is just being like you know you're just bitter that I got successful or whatever and it's like no no like in order to have something to offer people you need to go through this process I mean yeah. well, like how many times have we seen like a, a comic blow up really early and it's not that they're bad or that they're scamming people but they just don't have enough to say to yeah. sustain the attention that they're getting yeah oh yeah like, yeah yeah it's it, it, like you see it, it's just like dude like you, you like like you probably don't even know how to you know how to bomb or how to roll out of a bad joke yet you know like right. and you're and now you're, like i i i heard this about somebody who won last comic standing and mm -hmm. but i also heard this wasn't true but so I don't want to say the name, but like basically this person won and they booked their little victory lap tour and they started sure. realizing that the only material they had, they had burned on the show. And Ooh. so they were writing new material on the road and they were having like other comics write up stuff and like literally like like running over the sheet before they went on stage and like getting yeah. up there. And it just like it, it, it had the opposite effect on their career. It didn't help them at all. Yeah, it's a really hard thing to sustain. And the only thing that makes you able to sustain it is having the like man hours put in of, you know, working stuff out in yeah. obscurity before you get that attention. Yeah, and like, like, if, like if, Einstein, if Einstein never like went to school to like, like he was obviously like he's a brilliant <laughs> guy, but he never went to school. He would just be like the worst fucking guy at the, at the patent office. He would just like, yeah. yeah um, actually everybody. And just like, you know, he's got a brain, you know, brain the size of Texas, but like it didn't have any way to shape that knowledge. And it's like, it was like, he just came out knowing how to do all that math. Like he had to learn the technical part of it. Like, Right. Like you can't when it comes to education and comes to learning a skill like you can't underestimate the importance of that stuff. Like yeah. even if a shortcut presents itself to you, like it's it's in the long run not going to pay off. Yeah. Like, hey, maybe I can go alt right. and <laughs> That'll pop my career. <laughs> <laughs> that actually is a shortcut that can sustain a career for quite a while. It's just yeah. that you just aren't able to sleep at night. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it, well, it can do it for quite a while or it can crash and burn real fast, too. Like see that happen. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, so she pulls out of her book deal. She's but she's still a writer because she says she is, according to her. Um, so she's strapped for cash at this point. Like yeah. she's she has no money. So she decides that she's gonna sell the book proposal on Etsy. Um, <laughs> through her own through her own sort of it's Etsy. like a yellow legal pad with like a bunch of scrawlings on it. <laughs> Maybe just, like she sells this like these. Uh, annotated uh, copies of the the book proposal, which is like questionably legal because that's property of the publisher. Like yeah, yeah, even yeah. pulled out of the book deal. Try telling um, that to Miss Calloway. Like, oh I'm yeah. sorry, what came out of my mind is your property? But like, yeah, it's called patent law. <laughs> it's called copyright, you yeah, idiot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so she she wanted to show the real story behind the book. That was her justification. So uh, the first seven chapters, uh, which are no she took it down, uh, sold for four pounds and eighty six cents each. Don't know why it's in pounds. Probably because she loves British people. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's like meanwhile, like the post the post address is like in New York, and it's just like, <laughs> no, make that in pounds. I like to go through the hassle of exchanging money. <laughs> so. Uh, what is uh, this is Kaylee Donaldson again? What is most intriguing about the book proposal is how much of it she admits she didn't write. Uh, in the notes, uh, in the marginal notes and stuff, uh, a woman named Natalie is referenced frequently as having created scenarios, expanding on Calloway's original plans, and generally helping to draft a sellable proposal. Uh, keep this in mind because Natalie is going to come up again yeah. much much later in the story. Um, but basically, yeah, she had she had a ghostwriter, uh, had some kind of assistant who was uh, doing a lot of, of the work here. Um, she also, like, she gets some flack for charging so much for the chapters uh, because that's, like, that's, like, you know, 50 bucks for, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, a book that isn't even finished, like, just a couple chapters. And somebody asked her about this, and she says, uh, 
I'm charging it's a, a t it's ten thousand percent off from what the publishers paid, which I think is like very funny because it's like the publishers didn't pay you to read it. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. they were just like, man, I really want to know what's on that girl's mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not what they were giving you money for. <laughs> you <were> just like, <laughs> and then she like breaks down like how much time she spent on each thing, and and that comes up a lot too later. Is like. She's just like, it takes me so long to do this. So like, I'm really only charging you like 14 cents per hour of labor. And it's like, yeah, but you didn't finish the book. Like, what do you, a book, <laughs> a book costs like $10. Like, why yeah. are you charging? <laughs> so this is the start of her sort of chronically misjudging the amount of time it takes her to do things. It's the start of her overcharging for stuff that's like very low effort. Um, but yeah, she's clearly like strapped for cash. She's living in this nice apartment. Um, so she's kind of scheming, you know, she doesn't want to get a nine to five. Yeah. Uh, she she it has like a bunch of followers still at this point. She has like several hundred thousand followers, some of whom do think it's like brave that she didn't do this book deal. You know, like she <laughs> I think does. It's brave you didn't write a book. <laughs> yeah. So uh, she's just sort of trying to come up with with ideas for money. It's, at one point, she says that she's going to start doing sponsored content and she quotes all these like insane prices for how much she's going to charge. She <laughs> says that for seven to $10,000, she will quote, attend your event and post about it. Uh, uh. <laughs> I, I like that. She also adds, unless your event is a fancy ball in Europe, in which case I'll come for free. So she's <laughs> a little, like in this fairy tale yeah. world of like, European aristocracy. Yeah. A fancy ball in Europe, uh, not unlike Beauty and the Beast. If there's uh, a, a talking furniture, I'm definitely in. You know, like. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so she's like trying to do this. She she made some merch. Uh, she was selling like forty dollars sweatshirts at some point. Uh, she's she she's sort of figuring out how to hustle, I guess. Um, Kay Kaylee's. There's also one point I do want to talk about this for a little bit. So at some point after the book deal fell through, uh, she moved to Scotland for a while and she started hanging out with freshmen at St. Andrews, despite <laughs> despite never enrolling in the school. I think she she told people she was going to get a master's there, but I guess she didn't get in. Oh, um, man. She's like Parker Dodge Dart and hang out in the parking lot with her letterman on and shit. Like. Yeah, like it's so creepy because she's like she's like 26 at this point. And she's posting all this content of her hanging out with freshmen at St. Andrews who are 18. And it's like, again, this sort of infantilizing of her and her social life and like the boys that she likes and stuff is so creepy when you're actually hanging out with 18 year olds and you're 26 and you don't yeah. even go there. Like, it's just so weird. And I think what it is is she was like, well, I, I got my fame being an American at a prestigious ancient uh, United Kingdom University, maybe I can do it again, you know? Yeah. Like, but yeah, people were intrigued because you were going to that school. That was part of the, that was part of the value. Creep. Like, yeah, yeah, what is yeah. going on? Yeah, I'd say I, I made an Instagram about hanging out at a high school and it led to some very serious <laughs> legal issues. Like, yeah, I, had some, I had some problems. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I had to take those posts down, you know? Like, <laughs> so, uh, while all of this went on, this is Kaylee Donaldson again. While all of this went on, Calloway strived to create her own brand of authenticity. She was, quote, real for pulling out of a six-figure book deal. She was true to herself for refuting a narrative she had created for herself for personal and financial gain, one that relied heavily on fetishistic notions of the British class system and academic elitism. She was a real artist for never actually making any art. <laughs> which which really is the, the truest form of art, you know? Like. Absolutely. Absolutely. I really can't uh, stress enough her artistic purity for only writing Instagram captions. Yeah. And never <laughs> also, the, the phrase, like, like the crafting your own, like the phrase, like your own brand of authenticity. Like, I, I feel like authenticity, like it, it's a, a personalized version of authenticity to me sounds like n not authentic. You know, like it's like, Absolutely. yeah, it, I, I just feel like, um, uh, and again, like, I think this is probably a good place to kind of wrap up for this episode, which is like Caroline Calloway origins, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and then it will be her recent activities. But uh, I, I think it's just like such a sign of how, like, a lot of this stuff is like very well intentioned, I think. And like a lot of the stuff she says, I think, for a person who has like a normal 
view of themselves and like a normal relationship to their self-worth and everything. I think that like a lot of the sort of cliches that she relies on can be very helpful, which is, you know, like you're not the worst thing you've ever done. Uh, it's, it's, it's okay to like learn and grow and make mistakes and you don't have to like, your life isn't over when you fuck up. Like, I think that's all like really good. And I also think that like the idea of an, in a creative journey, having some failure in it is like a valuable thing. But when your perception of yourself and the world is so warped and you're so self-centered, those kinds of cliches, which for a normal person might be empowering, just make you into a narcissist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and make you more like they make you more concerned with your identity than your actions. Yeah. And that is like really dangerous, I think. Yeah. It's like, hey, Caroline, those are some really lovely and and true platitudes you spit out. I'd love to read about them in a book. You know, like that'd be nice. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I, it's just like, it, it's very, uh, I don't know. I think the reason that I find her so interesting, and I think a lot of people that are sort of obsessed with this tend to be women like me, like women who, white women who work in creative fields and come from privileged backgrounds, like Caroline. Like that. that is definitely how I would describe myself. Yeah. And I think seeing all of this is like, it's such a cautionary tale. And it's yeah. so like... It's 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 so like what I am terrified of being or what I am terrified of being perceived as because like as a a white woman like a white woman from means who works yeah. in this like there's a lot of stuff about about like her life that is appealing to me like I also am very enamored with the idea of being an artist you know yeah, yeah, I yeah. I think I'm more enamored with actually making stuff but like there is something really appealing about that identity there is something really appealing about living in a beautiful west village apartment like there is you know like i also think that like our society is too uh focused on for women focused on romance and stuff but like so like there are strains of this that i feel like i identify with but it's being weaponized for narcissism and i think that's like the thing is like it's scary to see that happen because you wonder to what extent you are also being narcissistic by believing this stuff, you know? Yeah. Like white feminism can really easily curdle into solipsism and narcissism if you're not careful. And so like seeing all this happen, I think is like a, a really interesting kind of check on a lot of stuff that I believe. Um, anyway, it's part of it's that, is that level of intro, like, is that level of introspection and and you know and, and uh, willing to sell, do a self evaluation w- that makes you an artist? You know what I'm saying? Like that's why, like, like the fact that you're able to to take that external stimuli and look at the things and go, oh, hold on, let me hold myself up to this. Let me let me let me run through the old Cath Rolodex in my head and make sure I'm not leaning too heavily into this. I think it's that right. uh, that that tendency to to make to have those considerations, which you know. Which, which sets you apart from that, which whereas in she, if she were to watch a TV show with a character who was just like her, but portrayed negatively, she wouldn't even understand that was her. Yeah, that's a that's a good analogy. Like, she definitely wouldn't even recognize that in herself. Uh, yeah, no, I think, and like, that's the other thing is like, part of it is it's a cautionary tale and part of it is like, oh, thank God, I'm definitely not that bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? But like, yeah. There's always going to be a part of me that is unaware of my own privilege, you know? And I think that, like, seeing somebody so unaware of yeah. is is, like, it makes you think about that stuff. Yeah. And I think that's why so many people who are interested in her are interested in her. Yeah, she's those, so, little, she's those little grooves on the side of the highway that let you know, hey, quit texting, you're veering off into fucking, into, into dirt, you know? Like, it's, it's like That she, is exactly what she is. Yeah. That is a great analogy. <laughs> Man, yeah. well, so I guess since we're going to be doing a two-parter, uh, I guess we're not going to, we're not going to ask if it's worth it, but, um, oh man, I had the question I wanted to, and oh, okay, this is what I was going to ask. Uh, do you think that she is self-obsessed to the point that um, if this like podcast gets retweeted or whatever, that she would listen? Like, and and, and not just because I, I, I we have a message for her or anything. I'm just like genuinely curious. That kind of gives me an insight into how her mind thinks. Also, I, I had this question up top that I was going to ask at the end, and that I think you kind of answered it for me. I was going to ask, does she see herself as a scammer in all the more scam-heavy shit that we're going to get into, uh, or does she not look at it that way? 
Yeah. Um, I, so I think now think- that I hear what you said, I, I don't. I don't think she does. Even on like the heavy scamming shit with like you know concert ticket sales or whatever. I'm sure in her head, there's still a logical explanation for why she took all that money and didn't didn't do the thing. You know. Yeah, I I think so. Two things in the next episode, we're going to get into how she deals with a lot of negative criticism. And it definitely seems like she goes through periods of looking at and reading it all. And there's a decent chance she would listen to this, although it's so long and like it would probably be very painful for her. So I like I mean, I hope she doesn't listen to this. Like this is not, um, you know, like, yeah, we're we're not the people will say. We're not oh, the people to tell. We're not the people to tell her to get right. Like, you know, like it's like she's, yeah. she's, she's, she's not gonna hear what we have to say and be like, "Damn, I need to, I need to shape up," you know. For sure, and like, and and you know, I don't know her. Like, yeah. this is all this is all based on her like online persona and stuff. So like, you know, to, I keep saying narcissism and stuff like that. Like, I'm not a doctor and I don't know this person. Yeah. So like, there's like this doesn't. I, I don't want to give her an out if she does listen, but like this isn't really about her as a person. This is about her actions in public. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I think I'm starting to slowly realize I kind of what you said, but it's an extension that this is like a uh, a, a a mirror being held up to society right now, like and that that, right. we're, that we're lucky enough to get a chance to see happen in real time. So it's interesting, it's captivating, and also yeah, I think we diagnose people as narcissists about twice per episode on this yeah. <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> we love to do it. Cool. Um, but yeah, I like if she is listening, I would just say like I I I don't think I don't think she's a bad person. I think she's a product of her circumstances and I don't think it is too late for a 27-year-old to turn it around, but she would have to go through some really painful accountability processes in order to do so. Yeah. So like I don't think it's too late for her. I hope that she does that. I like I don't wish her any ill will, but uh She's pretty fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I would say. All right, we well, heard um, it here first, folks. <laughs> Callaway is <laughs> fucked up. No, um, yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing the hearing the next episodes. Uh, we will keep you guys posted on the recording and release schedules uh, to let you know when that's coming out. Um, I guess, uh, Kath, uh, where, where can we find you at? Uh, I am Kath Barbadoro on Twitter. I have a bunch of uh, stand up dates coming up. Um, I think by the time this comes out, I might be out of Philly, but, uh, if this is out before, um, this weekend, the 12th through the 14th, I'm going to be at the Helium Comedy Club Philadelphia with Matt Bronger, who's very, very funny. So definitely come to those. Um, July, uh, September 18th and September 21st, I have shows in LA. Uh, the 18th is 9 PM at La Covita. It's called, the show is called Rod Stewart Live, which is very funny to me. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've seen that one. (laughs) um and then uh september 21st at 11 59 p.m aka midnight uh saturday night i'm doing a tournament of nerds at ucb franklin in la so come to those please go check out kath guys yeah i'm on twitter as at pztx uh i got all my stuff out there i think i'm staying put for the next couple weeks but uh yeah guys uh if if you stumbled on this because you are interested in the uh in the subject matter um yo stick around like like us rate us listen share subscribe give us a review on itunes say some kind words Show your friends, uh, you know, but above all, don't get caught. Don't get caught. Uh, before we go, I do want to give a more of an advertisement for our show because I do think we're going to get some new oh, people yeah, yeah, you know, you're 100% listening right. to this. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like what this show is, is um, we cover different stories of like scams as the catchphrase goes, liars, frauds, thieves, and bullshitters. So we have a bunch of back episodes. Um Definitely check it out. We've been doing this for about two years. And uh, yeah, I mean, the initially this, this show started because Pat and I were both really interested in the Elizabeth Holmes Theranos story. So we have stuff about that. Um, we did an episode about Anna Delvey. We, we've done sort of a lot of the big headline scammers of the last few years. But then we also go into some um, like more obscure ones, ones from history. Yeah. Uh, Things that you may not have heard of. So if that stuff interests you, definitely check it out. We also have a Patreon, um, patreon.com slash lie, cheat, and steal, A-N-D, all one word. And uh, right now we're releasing like one free and two bonus episodes a month. So if you're interested in this stuff, um, you can sign up for our Patreon. We do episodes on there. I think the last one we did was about the feather thief, which was pretty fun. That's another British. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah weird story so yeah definitely check that out um thank you so much for listening leave a review and uh yeah don't get caught yeah thanks guys bye